Welcome to the Biz Dad Podcast, where we dive into the melding of fathership and entrepreneurship with your host, the original Biz Dad himself, Adam Labar. Adam is a Christian, a former Air Force officer, a dad to three amazing kids, a coach, a real estate investor, and a business owner. On this podcast, he'll explore the unique journeys of amazing dads who are striving for greatness in both business and family. So whether you're a dad who is an aspiring entrepreneur, a seasoned business owner, or simply a man striving to be a better dad, get ready as the Biz Dad brings you conversations to inspire, challenge, and equip you to be a better dad and entrepreneur. And now, here's Adam. All right, everybody, welcome to what? What's up, Dave? Go, go, oh, go. Well, I was going to say, now it's for real. Now I'm being recorded. It is, recorded. like for real, for now real. Now it'll be out there on the internet you know, forever. And I'm I'm not even going to edit it, so this is going to stay in there, and people can go, oh, crap, that Dave guy, sweet. All right. <laughs> All right, everybody, welcome to the show. Dave Aheimer is my guest today. Dave and I are uh, in an accountability pod together, in a group together, um, and he is another, of course, entrepreneur and dad, um, and so I wanted to bring him on. Uh, so Dave, if you can, uh, give a quick introduction about yourself, tell us a little bit about who you are and uh, what you do as a dad and an entrepreneur. Yeah, it's fantastic. So, uh, my name is Dave Aheimer. I am a, a dad, an entrepreneur, a member of Go Abundance, uh, a husband and a willing participant in an amazing family who has absolutely saved me from myself. So I've been an entrepreneur longer than I've been a dad. And when my little guy came along, I remember having a very distinct moment of clarity at an entrepreneur's organization event in Ohio, right outside of Cleveland, where I had to make a decision about redefining my win and whether or not my win would be my business or my newly born son who was uh, in crisis and in distress. And so it uh, was an absolutely life-changing moment for me to make the decision to make my son and my family my win. Awesome. Uh, so <laughs> it, it sounds like then your, your, at least in that beginning part, entrepreneur path kind of changed once you had a kid. Is that, is that accurate? Tremendous. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's absolutely, absolutely correct. So I had been an entrepreneur for several years. I'm, uh, CEO of a bootstrap startup, um, that, that went from zero to a hundred miles an hour, basically overnight. And, uh, you know, I was running a, a uh, multi-million dollar in that retail business and um little Jonathan came along as my happy accidental miracle he was not intended but uh, after he came along his his mom his mom had some real problems and um she was uh unable to provide a stable lifestyle for the child and uh so I see a long story involving courts and police and all of all of the stuff that's so hard to go through and deal with but uh when he was four months old i showed up at her mother's residence with a special process server to lorain county sheriffs and an order from a magistrate for temporary emergency custody there was an ensuing battle for about a year to go through this but at the end of the day the court system of Ohio awarded dad full custody and mom no visitation rights, just to give you an idea wow. of how bad that situation is. Right. And, you know, I was given, I was given this advice. I was given this advice, hold on and don't let go. 
hold on to that little boy and don't let go. And I am so, so glad that I did. My, my son is now, uh, seven years old. Um, when he was a year and seven or eight months or so, um, Flavia came into our life and, uh, had at that point in his life, uh, she was his lobby, not his mommy. And very soon she became his mommy. And, uh, after she and I got married, um, she you know, aggressively pursued adoption of my son. And, uh, now we are a real big, happy family. And we've got a seven year old son, Jonathan, and a eight month old daughter, Isis, who has decided to come and join the party. So right, good awesome. and getting better. Awesome. That's fantastic. So, uh, I want, I want, I want to go back to a couple things. One, uh, and maybe you could tell me through your experience because I've, I've never had to go through it, but, um, as a military guy, I've seen a lot of divorces and a lot of people, um, you know, obviously everybody's seen a lot of divorces. It just seems to be rather, rather rampant in the military, um, similar to, you know, suicides and some, you know, like crazy life decisions tend to happen. Um, and it, it nine times out of 10, what I see is the woman leaves with the kids and the dad maybe gets to see them during the summer once in a while. And that's about it. Right. Um, recently I've heard some people talking about like, and and I can I could see how this this might be true is is we get so defeated as men in even desiring to chase go through that legal battle because it's like well what are my chances of like there's not it's not even worth going and then our lawyers tell us the same thing like it's not even worth fighting because you don't have X Y and Z and you said no I, this is totally worth fighting I'm going to hold on and don't let go um, do you think that uh, uh, had you not fought the way you did would you still have been able to have the custody? Do you think that there's, there's some truth behind the men just kind of give up because we feel like we're behind the eight ball already? Or like, how, how do you feel about that, that situation? I think it's really difficult for men. I think, I think what happened, uh, what happened to me was an extreme circumstance where, um, mom had some, uh, pretty severe intravenous drug problems. And, uh, when, when my son was born, he was born with a neonatal abstinence syndrome. Um, and so there were even like signs of withdrawal in my son, um, from birth. Um, she and I had a, uh, very clear understanding that the two of us wouldn't be together. There was a shared parenting agreement that, uh, we worked out on the advice of my attorney and she had a, a very, very nice situation with, you know, a home and money coming in every month and everything that was set up the way that it needed to be. And when I found out that uh she was in fact using intravenous drugs and that the the, the child was being affected you know being left alone or mm -hmm. taken on runs to go to the east side of cleveland to go pick up the stuff that kind of thing um and there was some even worse stuff you know some of my things weren't missing a uh, collection of watches and you know the kid's ipad and it was all signs point towards very bad and so um uh, with some help from my friends, we were able to uncover uh, evidence of what was going on. And then with my attorney, uh, bring this to a magistrate and demonstrate with evidence and witness testimony um, that some really bad things were going on. And, you know, that, that magistrate was one who had a, I don't mess around with drugs kind of mindset, you know? And so that was another like amazing win to get, you know, a, a magistrate who was interested in, in, in truly in the protection of the child and not necessarily mom versus dad kind of situation. Mm -hmm. So she's, she stepped in and, and provided me an opportunity for a, an emergency custody order. And again, Jonathan was four 
months, almost five months old at that point. So very, very, very young. And so that kind of like child endangerment, yeah. um, was, was, was proven in, in a court of law. And then beyond that, it was a, a matter of holding on and showing up. And this nonsense went on for a year and it was $50,000 in legal fees. And it was, you know, many times that I, that I did want to give up because it was, it was very distracting from my business and it was very distracting from my life. But, you know, I had that little guy in, in my arms and in my life and no idea how to take care of him and no idea how to move on. And, um, you know, I just, for me, what I saw was little Dave, right? So I had little Dave in my arms and, and I recognized that, you know, by my, my background and, and how I was raised and brought up, I, we had everything we need, but we didn't necessarily have all of the emotional content, yeah. right? For, for good and healthy development. And like, I saw, I saw myself in that little guy and, you know, maybe this was me trying to save me and maybe that still is, but you know, how it worked out in the end is he's the one who's saving me. So awesome. thank God for the opportunity. Thank God for the opportunity. But I'd, to anybody out there who's struggling with a, with a similar situation, I will give the same advice that, that I was given is you show up and you hold on, you do your job. If that means putting up with weird visitation with, you know, with third party psychologists for supervised presentation, then you do that. Mm-hmm. If you got to go show up downtown and take a Minnesota, Minnesota multiphasic personality exam to prove that you're not a psycho, then you do that. And you do so graciously, happily and willingly because mm-hmm. the kid's the one who's important. And it's not my pride that was important at that time. It was the kid that was the one who was important. Just keep him, her, or them in the forefront of your mind. And you do the thing that you have to do in order to make the right kind of environment from them, no matter how bitter that pill might be to swallow. That's what I think my job is as a dad. That's what I tell my son today. My job is to protect him. That's what I do. That's what I have to do. And that's how I feel good about me. And I feel good about going through a terrible situation is to, to, to keep him at the forefront of my mind. And now there's two to keep them at the forefront of my mind. That's awesome. Yeah. It's, you know, the, the, I I wrote it down still that hold on and don't let go is one of those things that you can't, I don't know. I I love being a dad. I don't, I don't know how, I mean, I've seen so many dads just walk away and I try to tell them, I said, you're going to impact your kids one way or another. Do you want to impact them living in the house or do you want to live impact them living somewhere else? while somebody else is living in the house, right? I mean, you're going to impact your kids. Hold on and don't let go. Like it just, you know, and I think that's, that's, you know, equivalent in business stuff too, right? When we have business issues and we're going through things, we don't just give up and walk away. We don't just go, oh, well, here comes a legal battle. I'm not going to have to deal with it. No, we fight for our businesses all the daggum time. Like where's, there's legal battles, there's lawsuits, there's uh, problems, there's, um, you know, getting close to not being able to make payroll and you hold on and don't let go. Like, you know that you want to do this, so you do it. Um, you know, it's, it, I don't know, it, it baffles me to watch some people walk away. So I want to congratulate you on, on, on pushing through so hard and making, making that effort. Man, that's freaking, Thank I love it. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And I understand. I, I, I really, I really do. I understand the extreme nature of the stress. Um, this went on with my son from mid 2016 to mid 2017. And, uh, you know, I had about a, a year and a half that it was, that it was pretty good there. 
And in uh, 2019, prior to the pandemic, I ran into some very significant problems with my business and, and just unbelievable stress. It was the same year that uh, my wife and I got married. We got married in the spring and then the business problems really started. And it was without a doubt, uh, one of the most challenging times in my life. And if I had not had them in my life, my, my, my wife and my little boy, I, you know, Adam, I got to tell you, I don't, I don't know what I, I don't know what I would have done. And, and that's, it's kind of the same principle, right? You hold on, you don't let go. You do your job. You show up. And sometimes that means showing up early and making coffee for the boys and staying late and making sure the accounting's done. But those, uh, it, you know, at the, at the end, it's maybe one part stubborn, one part labor of love. Like trying to, trying to make sure and just not quit and be tenacious about moving forward as an entrepreneur. And, and it's, it's, it's a lot like an EKG. I mean, fatherhood, it has its ups and downs. Business, it has its ups and downs. And some years are going to be great and some years are going to be really tough, right? But, but keeping them at the forefront of my mind that they're the ones who are most, more important, even more important than the business. And, and at the end of the day, um, with, with the inbound pandemic, I had this internet retail business that was selling home decor. Everybody's stuck at home, buying a bunch of stuff on the internet, fixing up their houses. And my business took off like a rocket ship during the pandemic. And, and that was almost as bad as it was in 2019, because now I'm working triple hours and I'm the guy yeah. coming in with the boys in the shop and running the wood shop and running production, and running internet retail and producing this home decor and shipping it out. And, and I saw them even less when the business was really, really good. And I, and I made a decision at that point that this is not what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. I didn't want to run this kind of internet retail manufacturing company in Northeast Ohio for the next 10 years. And so with that spike in pandemic growth, I, I seized on an opportunity to, to sell my business and exit my business and, and, and took that time and took that time to spend it with my wife and my son. I came out of that business at the end of 2020 and the beginning of 2021. My, my wife is Brazilian. One of the first things that we got done was the finalization of the adoption of Jonathan. And, and, and we took him to visit his family in Brazil to have this amazing wedding in Brazil. And we had, you know, 150 people or so and all these flowers and candies and bands and not anybody speaks a word of English to my son. He's just absorbing the language like crazy. And he got to stay with his Brazilian grandma and his Brazilian auntie for four, almost five weeks while we took our honeymoon. So we went to the Maldives and we went to Egypt and our son, we, we placed him in a Montessori school here in Brazil. And he, he got the opportunity to pick up the Portuguese language in about 45 days yeah. with his grandma and his auntie and this new school. And so again, as a result of hanging on and not letting go and showing up and doing the work and, and doing my job, now I have this amazing second home in Brazil with my, my son and my, my daughter who can appreciate their mother's culture and have learned their language. And I'm learning the language too. Eu falo português. Any Brazilians out there that might be listening, I'm trying. I'm trying to keep up with them. But he's got this amazing opportunity in a new life and all the things that I didn't have. And I get to take, I get to take pride in that. I get to, to, to be comforted that little Dave. The little Dave, little Dave is being taken care of in the way that, that I needed to. I, I was at Tahoe and I heard Dr. Dr. Kelly, 
uh, talking about, you know, every, every one of us is just waiting on a love letter. And at the end of the day, we have to write that love letter to ourselves and we have to take care of ourselves. And I got to write that love letter to myself through my actions of taking care of Jonathan and making my family the most important thing that it could possibly be for my life. And they have blossomed as a result. And I have blossomed as a result. And they saved me. I did the work. They saved me. Figure. It's good figure. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, that's kind of the way it goes. The, the, the kids change you. And that's, um, I mean, I, I left the military after years and years of, of service and people thought I was absolutely crazy, but you know, looking at my son and having him, you know, cry to me, don't leave again, daddy was enough for me to kind of go, yeah, I got to figure something else out. Right. I mean, it, it completely like he, he saved me. Right. He's the reason that I'm, you know, uh, and now they are all the reason that I'm, you know, doing this podcast. I work from home. I, you know, run businesses and it's, uh, it's a lot of fun and I get to involve them in it. And, um, it's, it's, I don't know. I, I, I couldn't imagine, uh, life differently now, you know, um, going back into the office and doing the air force thing anymore. I just, I couldn't imagine, you know, not picking my boys up from school and, you know, having the, having those chats with them. So, um, so tell me a little bit, uh, let me, I want to rewind uh, back to that, uh, 2019 timeframe, right? Um, cool. Uh, so, uh, your Jonathan was born, what, 2016, 16. Yeah. Uh, math is good. Whew. Um, so, uh, 2016, uh, so th- he, you know, Jonathan's three years old business starts really hurting. Talk to me a little bit about, uh, the, the struggles in the business and what that did with the family and how you kind of still were able to keep some sort of a semblance of a balance, or if you were at all, able even able to keep some sort of semblance of a balance. I'd, I'd, I'd say that, uh, I could have handled that better there. There's no doubt about that. Um, I had, um, in 20, the beginning of 2018, I made a choice to, uh, separate myself from the day-to-day operation within the business. And I brought in a president to run that organization for me. And, um, this guy, you know, I, I, this is on me. At the end of the day, leadership and, and the organization and how the organization performs, it's, it's, it's on me. I didn't give them the right training or I, um, abdicated responsibility instead of trust but verify or whatever the case may be. Our, we, we suffered a pretty significant loss in, in gross revenue and, um, that, that gross revenue, uh, caused the business to contract. And anybody who works in internet retail will tell you it's a momentum machine. And you got momentum going up, you're doing awesome. You got momentum going down. It's really hard to change it and, and pull it around. And, um, uh, that, that gentleman left the, left the business, um, after just one year of employment and, and walking into 2019, um, I made a decision to come back in and take a different hand. And I tried to spin up a different business inside of that business and, uh, where we were doing canvas wall decor, I decided that we were going to do framed under glass and it seemed like a pretty similar product to me short stories spent a you know a couple hundred thousand like getting a new product line up and running and and, and equipment and and ultimately this this part of the business failed and the other part of the business was momentum in the wrong direction with the compounding effect that brought me to a place where i was having you know long days sleepless nights um, overeating, not caring for myself appropriately as far as like my morning routine was concerned. And it's really unfortunate, Adam, that, uh, you know, and maybe some, some of the people out there can, can understand what I'm talking about. But for, for, for me, my, my tendency is when I'm having this kind of 
difficult time and all of this stress, then I tend to take it out on the ones that I love the most, which doesn't make any sense at all. Like it's not a rational thing to do, but I'm, I'm on point and trying to do all of the things and showing up and holding on and not letting go. And I come home and I get too easily frustrated by a comment from my wife or I, you know, frustrated for any number of reasons. And it was really, it's a really difficult time in, in, in my family. And, um, I, and this, this is where I really need to give the credit to my wife because she is a kind and patient woman. And she showed up and she did her job by hanging on and not letting go because a couple of times there, uh, you know, I, I probably, if she had let me walk away, I might have done so and folded under the stress, but she refused to let me walk away. And she was the, as she so often likes to refer to it as I'm the CEO of business and finance, and she's the CEO of the family and spirituality. And, uh, she, she really stepped up as a, as a leader in our family to, to, to keep us together. And so that, that became very important. And for me later on, when I, when I really fully appreciated just how much she had done, she had done for, for us and done for the family and kind of a, you know, slap in the face reminder to me to, to, to make sure that I'm, that I'm, that I'm treating, that I'm treating her appropriately, that I'm honoring her and, and, and making sure that I, make time for her and our, our relationship has improved dramatically with, with the sale of the business and, 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 and with the pandemic and spending all of that time together. I know there's a lot of folks out there who had really hard times in their marriage because they're not spending time with their spouses and now they're stuck with them and they find out, oh yeah, guess what? We don't, we don't really work well together anymore. Or, uh, you know, we don't really get along as well as we thought we did. We had this, uh, amazing opportunity after our hard experience in 2019, where we learned to appreciate each other with taking date nights once a week, we bought this little deck of cards that were date night questions where we'd ask one another questions and get to know one another better during our once a week date night and, and making sure that that was a priority and ran, and going into building those, building that foundation. And that's, that's her, it's the stuff that she came up with. No, it's, I'm, I'm lucky. I'm lucky to have that kind of support, Adam. I got to tell you. It's like God designed it to have you guys work together. And, sure did. You know, have husbands and wives do things together. What do you know? That's crazy. Sure. What do you know? What do you know? It's almost like a system. <laughs> it's, it's almost, almost like, like a system that, yeah. where you get like a partner. Yeah. And, you know, thankfully she's my, she's my opposite and in all things, because if she was anything similar to me with my drive, determination and ambition, it would be something like Highlander, you know, like mm. only one can stay, only one remains. There could be only one. And you haven't had your head cut off yet. So we know. That no, you're, not at all. You're, you're still good. I mean, we're, we're all still good. Um, so you, uh, you obviously, you sold the business, what, in 21? Yeah. December 31st, 2020. Okay. Uh, so selling it December 31st, 2020, um, took some time off. I mean, you're running other stuff now. You're doing business stuff now. So what did you take yeah. from the, A, the hard times um, that immediately went into the good times? that were able to make a successful exit and now you're firing stuff back up again still now you have you know an extra kid involved so now you got uh, two kids a wife you're living in brazil uh and you're still running businesses so you know obviously you you took you took some time off you took some information from what your experiences were previously tell me how that applies now and what you're doing 
Yeah, very much. So, so I have business interests in Brazil and business interests in, in the United States. I'm, I'm doing a, um, a, a couple of different things in, in, in both countries and, you know, maintain homes in both countries. And, um, it is, uh, and maybe I've just matured as a, as a business person, but I, I do evaluate the level of work that I'm putting into an opportunity for the return. And how hard I'm working and, and really try to focus on working on the business models and working on the business rather than working in it, which is a, a remarkable departure from my initial mentality. And it's, it's my background with that, you know, stereotypical Protestant work ethic. Like you need to work hard and long in order to succeed, which I've found, you know, later in my business life is just. You know, it's, it's not the case. Yes, you need to, to work hard, but you also need to work smart and you need to make sure that, you know, the, and, and be very, I need to be very, um, selective with my time and how I'm spending my time. And, and part of that is saying no to opportunities. And part of that is saying no to the demands of others on my time. And another, another really great part of it is an organization like Go Abundance and in, in, in these masterminds. I've, I've heard it said that, uh, I am the average of the five people that I spend the most time with. And so I, I make sure that I'm spending my time with other like-minded, positive, growth-oriented individuals. And my goodness, you just wouldn't believe the opportunity that comes when you're spending your time with that kind, those kind of folks. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll note also my friends here in Brazil are extremely family-oriented. And so we have a, a group of close friends and we go and we play beach tennis and we play volleyball and we've got their kids involved. And, you know, when we have a chuhasco, a barbecue at, at my house on Sunday, there's 17 people running around. And these are, you know, other actively engaged moms and dads and other kids that uh, call me uncle, right? Oh, Chio Dave, Chio Dave, which means uncle. And it, it's, it's, it's really nice to, it's really nice to have that in my life. And that's something that I wouldn't have had in my life if I had remained mired in the business that I was operating. And maybe that's it. Maybe it was because it was my, my first really successful business and it was my baby. And I was a CEO of it for 10 years. And, you know, when, when I left it, there was, there was a little bit of, a little bit of difficulty there with, with the new mindset. And I lost a little bit of my identity because I wasn't the CEO leader of the organization. And, yeah. And now, now I'm, now I'm a businessman, businessman, and I, I involve myself in, in investments and equity interests in business, but my priority remains, uh, being smart about how I spend my time and, and being smart about how I schedule my time so that I have time for my family and my friends and Chuhasco and volleyball and going to Disney because my wife loves it so much. And I, I love that she loves it. I love that she is. You can tell, you can tell from my face probably a little bit. I'm I'm so happy to go to Disney so frequently, but she, you know, our, our, our stateside homes in Orlando and and she just loves going there. And I love bringing the kids and getting them their Mickey Mouse time, which is not something that I got to do. And that's all that time I spent in business in Ohio. Yeah, of course. You know, you mentioned something that you almost, uh, uh, one thing we talk about with military folks, right? What, when they, we've got obviously a really bad suicide problem, right? Um, when you're talking 22 veterans a day, um, committing suicide, right? That's a ridiculous amount. And one of the things that we, we, uh, that people believe that we, we 
is that they lose focus on a mission, right? When you're in the military, you have a mission. You've kind of identified as mm-hmm. being, you know, a soldier, a Marine, an airman, a sailor, whatever you are, um, a guardian for the new Space Force folks, right? Um, but, uh, you know, you've had this mission all the time. And then when you get out, you don't have a mission anymore. Your identity has been tied into being whatever the government told you your identity needs to be. And um, I, I see it a lot in the business world, too, is we identify as whatever our business is that we're running, right? Um, and if you hold on to that identity, when you, you know, you may have a small crisis, like, you know, you, you kind of alluded to a little bit, like, you know, you, now, now it's gone. You're no longer in charge of this business. It's not your, your thing anymore. Like, um, did you have an identity issue when you, when you left that? Or, you know, like, what was it like overcoming that? Um, and you know, uh, did your family help you kind of work through that? I mean, obviously you spent a lot of time with your family after that. So I would imagine they did, but I don't want to put words in your mouth. So, um, were there identity issues leaving that? Um, and, uh, how did you fix those when you, uh, started doing this now? Yeah, I think the, the best response there is purpose and community involvement, right? And, and, and I, I hear what you're saying about the, the veterans and, and the suicide rate. And it's, a, it's an absolute tragedy. Um, that's why the, the projects like with what Charlie Angle's doing with aerial recovery with repurposing veterans is just such amazing and, and tremendous opportunity for these veterans and for people because you gain purpose and you gain community involvement. And, and I see this. Um, you know, with, with work in, in drug and alcohol rehabilitation facilities all the time, like the, the, the people that, that remain sober, are the ones who find purpose through community involvement and 12 step work and, and working with others. And it, it, it's about, it's about the others. It's about making the others more important than yourself. And so like my identity crisis that, that came out of that business, I was very much enjoying my time with, with my wife and, and, and my, my child and my extended family. And, and Wabi and I took, we did, we did four continents in 2021 and we, we did an 8,000 mile road trip in the United States and visited 23 states and 27 cities. It was just absolutely tremendous the things that were going on with, with my family. But inside I was having some crisis around what my identity was now that I've left my business and I, you know, I had purpose and I had a role and I had a title. And I think these are very important things for a man to have a purpose and a, and a role and a title and, uh, you know, active involvement within a community. And, and, and I can understand, you know, feelings of feelings of loss and feelings of displacement around losing that role, losing that mission, if you will. It's, it's, it's incredibly important, especially, especially for men. As a man, I can say, I know it's incredibly important. And, and I had to go through a redefinition of what my role was and, and spend some time with, um, I went through, you know, the Simon sitting exercises of find your why and, and really doing some deep dives on, on my core values because I was afforded that opportunity mm-hmm. with, with the time and, you know, the capital necessary to take my time with, with going through this. And, uh, what came out of the wash was I found that I really, really got a lot of spiritual and emotional energy out of working one-on-one with people. And, and what that translated for me was, you know, starting, starting a business around CEO coaching and, and helping guys start businesses and create purpose for themselves specifically for the impact of bettering the lives of themselves and their families and their communities. Because when we, when we get raised up and we have these, you know, successful businesses and get to be successful members of our community, we have a lot of pride. We have a lot of fulfillment. 
We improve our lives and the lives of those around us. And again, compounding effect, a lot of momentum occurs there. And, and I look back at my life and I know that you didn't say anything about chasing money in there. Uh, nothing. No. What do you know? Not a thing. (laughs) Not a thing. Not a thing. No, our, 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 my, my, my why is to inspire a million entrepreneurs to, to do what I did and go from, you know, bootstrap nothing into something. Yeah. Right. And that, that connection, that's, it's really, really important that it's, that it's about the connection and it's about the people and it's about fulfillment. And, you know, you go talk to guys in office. I don't think any one of them is going to say, Oh, you know, I wish I could have padded an extra, an extra zero in my bank account. It's, it's, it's about, it's about, I wish I'd taken the time with my family or I wish I had taken the time to be connected or reconnect with my parents or my siblings or relationships, fulfillment through relationships and fulfillment through community involvement. And that is just unbelievably impactful for me. I get, get goosebumps right now, actually talking about it, but that, that, that connection, that connection with other people, that, that God moment, if you will, like that is fulfilling to me on a level that, that I can't even begin to describe. And, and I, I've made my own destiny around, you know, kind of chasing those moments and, and trying to be impactful and involved with other people towards the betterment of themselves and the betterment of the people around them. I mean, if there's anything that I believe in more than anything else, it's your individual capacity for change. Everyone has the capacity for change with them. And you can, and you can make the world a better place. I really, really believe that. And, and it's just such a wonderful thing to be able to start with the ones that I touch and impact on a daily basis, which is my family and my, my role you, as a father. How do you take that as your, as your role as a father? Like, how do you, um, uh, teach your, at this point, you know, seven year old and not even one year old? Obviously, you're not teaching this at the one year old, but. But to the seven-year-old, what 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 are you trying to instill to show, like, hey, you you know, like one of the things I tell my son is the only the only person in the entire universe that is going to stop him from achieving his goals is himself. He's it, right? Um, now, whether or not that hits, I don't know. I guess time will tell. Um, you know, well, I have to keep working on that. But what is, what is it that you're doing uh, um, with with your previous experiences and thoughts on on trying to uh, train your kids? in in that thought process in having those whys in having that understanding that that they control their future yeah so i think um you know we 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 do a lot of clear discussion around what the values of the family are Mm -hmm. right and and we 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 recognize that um in in teaching teachable moments in teachable moments with with our son and and with both of our children that they're um but it's a lot easier with babies because it's, you know, they cry and they're, they're requesting attention and attachment, right? And then you respond by taking care of them, feeding them, cleaning them, patting them and calming them. And then they bond, right? And so like to, to nurture and encourage that, that bonding cycle, that attachment cycle with, with Jonathan is, is when he's making, uh, these little bids for attention on a daily basis that I'm aware. That, that my son is making a bid for attention with me and that I'm responding appropriately and positively. And so one of my goals on, on, on my one sheet is to play when I'm asked, right? When he asks me to play, it's not, oh, I'm busy or I've got something else going on. It's like, I recognize those other things are not as important as this moment. He's, he's, he's making a bid for attention and I'm, and I, and I want to bond with him. I want to encourage that. And so. To answer your question shortly, I'm, I'm, I'm modeling the appropriate behavior with him at a young age 
that w- that I know will provide him satisfaction and and fulfillment in his relationships and roles in the future. And so, like that's that's you know, uh, breaking an unhealthy cycle and building a healthy cycle generationally, and not like sharing generational trauma to like be be very very cognizant of of his needs and that those needs are being met. That doesn't mean letting him get away with anything. And it certainly doesn't mean buying him a bunch of crap he doesn't need. In our family, you get one gift. If it's your birthday or if it's Christmas, you know, and we're well off. He could have a lot of different gifts and he does have a lot of different toys, but it's, this is, this is from my wife. This is what who loves is who cares. And so you show that care through affection and you show that care through, through bonding and time together. Show that care through trips to Disney. Yay. <laughs> I'd much rather go on a trip than give 15 gifts much give about next month, you know? And they will, they will absolutely not remember the gift they got when they were seven years old, but they will remember the time that we got to go home making mouse. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, uh, I tell people it, it, my youngest was born in Japan, right? So we were lucky enough that, you know, he, he was overseas already when he was born. Um, but when we moved to America, he was seven months old and the U.S. was his sixth country that he'd been to. Um, so we traveled all over the place with him as a tiny baby. He's not going to remember any of it. So now we got to redo all of those trips again. But his older brother still remembers bouncing to this country and going and, you know, eating like we literally ate food that was cooked over a volcano. Right. And he's like, I remember the chicken we cooked. Wow. That was cooked over, like, you know, <laughs> so he's like, this is awesome. Uh, oh, but, great. But we've got five million toys in the toy room that he probably won't remember any of them next yeah. year. Right. Uh so, you know, I'm a huge fan of the experience. I love that, that thought process on, on one gift. And my wife and I have been talking, had been talking about that for years. And we, by the time Christmas comes around, we've already bought seven gifts and it's like, it's hard. Doing? Like, it's, it's a, it's a hard <laughs> thing to do. It's a hard thing to do. It's the way that love and affection was shown in my family. And it's yeah. like gifts and acts of service. Like those are my, my love languages. And so, you know, I, I go on a trip and I'm bringing home a toy and my wife is like, again, with the toys, why were the toys? And I'm like, it didn't occur to me, but I, I attach, you know, like love and affection with the act of gift giving and, and like just understanding that about myself, it helps me to, to, to move away from that behavior and establish a different behavior around, around the gifts. And, and my, uh, my wife also encourages his, um, development within, within our spiritual group. And, you know, we go to our, we go to our group, um, you know, whatever, whatever it might be for every individual out there, but to, you know, if you, if you have that to, to lean into that focus and have those conversations, the way that, the way that I have that conversation with an adult and he has a surprising capacity to communicate on, on an adult level. Now I know he's seven and he doesn't necessarily get abstract reasoning and thinking the way that, the way that we do, but treating, treating him like an adult, providing him with, uh, choices, you know, you can, you can, uh, you can choose to go to your bed and brush your teeth on your way, or I can pick you up and carry you up the stairs to your bed. What do you prefer? And either way, we're going to bed, but I'm not, I'm not yelling at him and telling him, Oh, you better go do this or else it's no, you have a choice. And, and every one of those little choices that he has the opportunity to make, he gets to understand the, the, the outcome and, uh, accept responsibility for those outcomes and, and understand what consequences are, um, which are tough. Which are tough given kids consequences because it, you know, if I'm going to put the, if I'm going to put somebody in prison, then guess what? I have to be the jailer and now I'm in prison too. Right. Yeah. And that's not fun yeah. for anybody. And that's a, that's a difficult road to go down. So it's, it's, it's really a fine balance, 
Um, and I'm not saying I get it right all the time. I'm sure I screw up no, no, no. and I'll be happy to, you know, sit in a therapy session with my son later on and we can talk about how I screwed <laughs> up, <laughs> take responsibility for it because I am what I am, yeah. but I'm driven toward it. He's like, why, why did you, was always with the business stuff, dad, why yeah. what core values? What do I care about? Core? Okay. Well, maybe, maybe you, maybe I should have waited on the core values too. You were at least 10 instead of getting, uh, getting at you at seven. I don't know. So I, we did a, uh, a fan abundance trip. Um, uh, out in Colorado, I don't know, two, two years ago, three years ago, something like that. Um, and we, we sat down and did family core values, right? And the core values yeah. are going to change, right? Because you, I want to, I, I want to involve the kids, right? I think my, my oldest was five at the time, five or six at the time, right? So not a ton of involvement and in really knowing even what a core value is, but you know, you can understand, like we can have conversations with him. He was able to talk about trips and how much he loved doing that. Sure. And he was, you know, so our core values were around like, what is it that our family really wants to do? And, you know, that we have core values in our businesses. Like I don't like, and we have mentors in our businesses and what we want to do there. So why would we not have core values with our family and mentors for our family and with our kids and, you know, pushing all that stuff through? It just, I mean, it makes sense. So, um, I wouldn't say that, uh, I mean, you never know, maybe, maybe you and I will both be in the therapy sessions with our kids next to us later on. But, uh, <laughs> oh, oh. uh I think that oh. it's, um, uh, we took what, what we understood from what we grew up and were lacking when we grew up and what we don't want our kids to be lacking in. Um, and also what we've learned through our lives to, you know, that, that we think is best for our kids. And that's, I mean, that's the most we can do as long as we're doing what it's you'd already mentioned, right. Actively thinking about it. Like, yeah. You know, you understand what your why is, you know why you're doing what you're doing. Um, not just the the big why that you're chasing, the Simon Sinek why, um, but the okay, well, why am I actually doing this step in this as well? Why am why am I reacting this way with my son? Um, why am I saying this thing with my son? You know, why am I giving gifts to my son every time I go and go, oh, wait, because I was doing this to to make up for when I didn't get gifts or how I felt like I needed and you know. We have to think about those things. That's how we're going to become better dads, better uh, husbands, better entrepreneurs, I think even, you know, um, we can run our business better if we're thinking about our actions. Like, why am I doing this thing in my business? Oh, because I feel like it like was what I missed in my last business or, you know, I'm chasing something or whatever it is, like constantly having that introspection and thinking through the process, I think makes a huge Indeed. difference. Self-awareness. Yeah. Self-awareness and, and understanding that the growth you know, lies outside of a comfort zone and that, you know, anytime that I'm feeling discomfort or, or even fear is an opportunity for that growth. It's an opportunity to lean into the thing. And it it is not, uh, easy for me or for my wife to have conversations with my son about his adoption, but he knows his story Mm -hmm. and he know you know, and we've watched YouTube videos and we've read the book there's a wonderful book called The Adoption Tree, where, you know, the, the tree had to be taken from the forest where it was too shady and planted in the backyard where it could get lots of sun and light and water and love so that it could grow healthy. And like, sometimes those things happen. And, you know, we've had these open discussions about, you know, what it, what it means, what it means for, um, you know, the police to come and have to take a baby away and like, you know, how that, and, and, and he comes from that history and like, you don't, I, I don't want him to internalize any of these like uh negative thoughts or, or values around that backstory so i can't I, I don't i choose not to say anything bad here what i say is that we have sometimes good people make bad decisions and sometimes good people make bad decisions over and over again and there's consequences 
And we need to understand what consequences are. And one of those consequences was that, you know, you're, you're now separated from, from birth mom and you have heart mom and, and Flavia's heart mom. And, and he's got this wonderful picture that he made with a certificate with his adoption where he, he drew a heart on a paper and he's showing everybody his heart certificate for That's his awesome. heart mom. And he was five years old and we're having these discussions yeah. with him. And it's, it's, Again, like the resiliency of children is absolutely amazing. It's the adults that have difficulty with it. The kids are fine. They can be, and they're little sponges. They're going to learn to feel about things the way that I show them to feel about it. So I want them to understand that no topics are taboo and that we can discuss anything about his history or his background or. I was making the you know, the joke about winding up in therapy with that, but I mean, there's a little bit of truth to that. Like mm-hmm. you know, understanding that dad's a person. And dad's going to make mistakes. And, and we have, um, you know, we hold out the reset button whenever, whenever somebody's got a problem. That's, you know, if he's got the bad behavior and he needs to have a reset, then we're going to reset our behaviors and, yeah. so, you know, continue on in that moment. That goes for dad too. Sometimes dad has to be the one to say, I need to initiate the reset button because I was, you know, I was sharper than I needed to be, or I'm yeah. sorry that I responded that way. That's awesome. Yeah. The, yeah. it, it the language that we use both in ourselves, our kids, like the, the words that we use. And I catch myself. There's, there was times I'll, I'll tell a funny story, um, uh, that to kind of just show a small amount of it, but there's some very serious stories to take in there as well. But, um, my oldest teaching him how to go to the bathroom, right? Um, Hey, you know, boys, boys stand up to go, go potty. Girls sit down to go potty. Um, and this is all yeah. going really well. Uh, but the words I used were boys sit down to go pot or boys stand up to go potty and girls sit down to go potty. And what I should have said was boys stand up to pee and girls sit down to pee. Because when it came time oh to goodness. learn how to, he was like, absolutely <laughs> not. I will not sit down. Girls sit down on the toilet, you know, and it took so much work for me to really like to get him to sit down on the toilet because he's like, I'm not a girl, you know, and you know just, it's like, ah, mm, okay. Yeah, all well, right. Did not think about this, right? There's so a couple I of had, cleanup consequences there. Was there the problems we had there, right? So, um, uh, but just like that is that obviously at a, at a very oh, you know no, comical minor way, right? But um, using that later on, you know, like okay, what words am I using around golf? Right, my my oldest loves them, both of them. They absolutely love to golf. Um, and uh, you know, my my son and I had just had a, a a golf tournament over the weekend. Um, and uh, and we play second place. I know you already know that, but um, uh, we could play second place, which was awesome. Um, out of two teams, but I mean, no, kidding. There was more than that, but, uh, <laughs> uh, but we shot even par a wins. Really a win. It was a really good time. We, we, uh, we did awesome. You know, as, as an eight year old, he got two pars himself that I did zero help on, uh, which is good. Cause I missed the green completely and he did, he did a great job getting on. And, um, but anyways, um, uh, the words that I'm using in the, on the golf course make a massive difference in how he reacts and just my facial expressions make a difference in how he reacts and what's going on. Um, and it's, you know, I, I have to catch myself all the time being a, you know, uh, a former military guy. I, I used to be a very angry former military guy, right? When I, back mm. in my enlisted time after, you know, getting done with Iraq and Afghanistan and I was, you know, in Korea and doing stuff over there. And I was, I was the guy they would call on when I was in Korea, like, the, Hey, we've got a problem child, Adam, go fix it. You know? So I was the guy that would go fix the problems, um, uh, which was creating more of a problem inside me, right? Uh, but the words I yeah. used there were crap, you know, like they, they weren't helpful. And it wasn't until later on when I realized, okay, well, <laughs> I was creating a very bad pattern, a very bad habit with doing this with right. back then. 
um, that traveled on to, you know, in, in even into my marriage and then into being a dad. And it's like, okay, well, I need to adjust the way I, I say things, how I, my facial expressions. Once in a while, those facial expressions still come back out. And it's like, okay. And I could just see it, just take away the soul from my child when he sees mm-hmm. that, that look on daddy's face. And it's like, okay, well, it's time for dad to get on his knee and apologize and say, I'm sorry. This is not how dad should be reacting. You know, this is not how it, right. and being that self-aware dad that says, Hey, I, I, I need to know that, you know, you're taken care of and you need to know that you're taken care of. Um, and it's, uh, uh, it's an exhausting time, but golly, I love it. You know, it's so much. Yeah, fun. it is. It, it is difficult. And, and, you know, just to speak to that point, um, that, that self-awareness and that capacity to, to go down to one knee and, and, and make the apology. Um, those are just like going to the gym. The more you do it, you're going to work that muscle and get stronger and stronger with it and, and be, be more, um, aware of changes in mood and, and emotional intelligence is like that. It's just like going to the gym. The more you will work with it and, or, or like meditation or like any other number of, of self improvement things, the more you do them, the easier they're going to be in the future. And, and, and the easier it is going to be to recognize and like, you know, that, that, that opens the door for, um, modeling the behavior for my son to show him that, you know, this is a man takes responsibility for his actions. And, you know, I, you don't let the sun go down on your anger. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's, it's important to address, uh, matters as they come up so that they don't build. And, um, uh, it's, it's okay. It's okay to have mad feelings or sad feelings. And that's, that's, that's not a problem. And, and, you know, you're, you're allowed to, it's, it's not a, not a finger shake don't you ever and always be quiet and always be well behaved. You know, it's, it's, you know, the consequences to actions, of course, and you know, those will, those will be meted out, but you know, feelings are, feelings are okay to have and dad understands. Feelings are okay that, to act. Okay. Acting on yeah. them is not, you know, like, right. we, don't, we just don't right. act on the feelings, right? Right. You're you not, you're not allowed to act out in the... a negative way. Yeah. You're not allowed to yeah, act out a... in a negative way. You're completely, you're allowed to be mad. That's all right. But you can't say the thing that you said to your mommy because that's disrespectful talk. Yeah, yeah. And 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 uh, now that you said it that way, I'm not sure I want to say this next sentence, but I'm going to anyways. <laughs> it's similar, like when we're at work, right? And we're you know we're trying to run a business. It's okay that we have emotions and we're angry at certain things, but right. um, to act out in that anger with our employees, to act out in that anger in that anger with our customers, to um, you know whatever, like that's not. You know, that's not great. And to me, working from home, if my <laughs> my son gets to watch me after I pick him up, if I'm reacting a certain way, I mean, I'm I'm constantly sending messages or, you know, sending audio things or listening to things. So he gets to see how I interact with other adults. And I need to be able to always represent a mature way of communicating with somebody, even if inside mm-hmm. I'm very angry about something. You just you don't act right. out in that, right? Like you still if you want to run right. the business well and you want to have employees that like you. Don't do what I used to do when I was in Korea. Don't be that guy. That's not the, the that's not the manager that you need. That's not the business owner we need. So, um, and it's certainly not well, the dad the kids need. That's for sure. That's just that leaders eat last, right? It's about taking care of the group. And it's about making sure that, you know, the group feels safe and secure and that we're protecting the people inside of the circle from the bad things that are coming after you outside of the circle and, um, and ensuring that, that, or the people in the organization know that and, and, and making space for, you know, and as a leader in my business to, to make space for healthy conversations around 
um, bad behaviors or negative outcomes. And that, does, that, that again, doesn't necessarily mean that we're talking about a bad person. We're talking about a good person who's made some, some poor decisions. Right. And that needs to be, and that needs to be addressed for the good of the group. Yeah, and sure. and that that it's about taking care is about taking care of the group and taking care of the family and being a leader of a family and a leader of a business is so similar. I mean, they they inform one another so well in my life. And you know, I've lessons in entrepreneurship have have made me a better father, and lessons in fatherhood have certainly made me a better employer. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, like you just you have uh, such a different heart afterwards and a different thought process behind mm-hmm. everything after having a having kids. Um, yeah. So, uh, tell me a little bit about, you know, if, if there is any desire or what are your thoughts with, um, re- you know, running the businesses and, and as the kids are growing up, you know, you're, you're likely never going to stop being an entrepreneur. I, it's kind of one of those things that once we start doing business stuff, it's kind of hard to walk away from that. It's just a, it's a lot of fun. It's a new, new adventure every day. Um, sure. like I want to involve my kids in as much as they want to be involved. Like I don't want to force it, but, uh, do you have any thoughts or ideas or plans to involve the kids in the business or, um, what are what are your, what are your thoughts there? Yeah. So that's, that's kind of an interesting question because, you know, I, I, I have a, an appreciation for where I'm at in life because I was a have not who had to learn to become a person who has. And, you know, my son's growing up with a, a tremendous advantage here being have and, and not really experiencing the, the have not lifestyle or have not mentality. And so I think it's important that he, works for his own destiny and, and works his own path. And, and I want to make sure that that, that happens. And as far as like his involvement in my businesses, I, of course I'd be thrilled, you know, to, to have him involved in, in the businesses in any capacity they want to be involved in the businesses. But I, you know, I also want him to choose his own path and, and go his own road. And so that's, that's a balance that's going to have to occur with time. Now, that being said, um, I have, finance and economics conversations with my kid all the time, which probably are a little bit over his head for, for being a seven-year-old. But, uh, you know, it starts with, um, you know, he gets the equivalent of a $20 allowance per month. And, you know, there's X number of doggy poops that he's got to pick up in order for that material allowance to materialize. So understanding the value of labor and, um, the the value of his recompense is certainly not enough to get the toy that he wants when we go to the toy store. And so we're, we're understanding, understanding the value of, of savings, um, through object lessons, you know, and, and I, and I make sure that he understands, you know, what finance is and, and, and the, the difficult nature of, of earning money and the even more difficult nature of delayed gratification, you know, and teaching what delayed gratification looks like and, you know, how saving, and I, and I talk about this with my, with my, my guys in the CEO coaching, but to, you know, to be an entrepreneur is to live like most people won't so that you can live like most people can't, you know, and it's, and it's about that sacrifice. And, and, and at least from a, you know, a bootstrap startup perspective, it's, a, it's about sacrifice and, and, and putting the business first and understanding that I might not get paid in the first couple of whatever months, years, hopefully not a decade. Might be the wrong business if it's that far out, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, long-term investing and, you know, yep. my, my son has the opportunity to deposit his $20 into, into daddy's wallet and earn long-term interest. And he has yet to make that choice. <laughs> so, <laughs> my nephew actually made that choice and it was a good, yeah, thing. he did. He got up to make it. Yeah, so he, uh, yeah. he gave me the $20 and wanted to invest it. And I, I put it in with, uh, 
I put it in quote unquote right with uh, a property that we uh, we bought. So um, he's he uh, after we sold the property, I told him I said, well, you could take your take your return, uh, and this is what your return would be, or you can you know. Uh, you can double down and play again, right? And he was, yeah, uh, right. just keep it going, you know, keep it going. Keep it going, um, keep but it rolling. He, you know, I think he's 14, so I mean, he, he understands sure. a little bit differently, sure, he's right? he's a little bit older. He's a little bit older. I bought him, I bought him uh, um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad for teens, right? So they've got a teens version of it. Uh, just like I bought our au pair when we had, uh, I bought her Rich Dad, Poor Dad in Spanish so that she could read it and understand oh. a little bit about the family that she's involved in, you know, and how all this goes, so. Uh, but you know, getting them started and thinking about the stuff. And I mean, I just, I love what you're talking about with the, you know, um, uh, you, it takes this amount of poop getting picked up before you get to go and, and, you know, get your earnings. So <laughs> while you're saying that, I can just think of like, uh, my son, what he would probably be doing if, if I set it up that way is he'd be like, okay, well, if I feed the dog four extra times a day, then we'll have more. Okay, this is what I'm going to do. All of a sudden, my dog's going to be this big, and he's going to have a big thick wallet because he's picked up all this. Yeah, that's exactly the way my son would probably think about it. But that's exactly right. But I mean, that's 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 part of the process is having those discussions and where you know how the you know I I tell people that I I don't mind if my son joins the military. I don't mind if my son's joining the military or my daughter. My daughter's you know due next month at the time of this recording, but. Um, I don't care if any one of them or all of them join the military. I just don't want it to be the only option like it was sure. for me. Right. Um, sure. so if I can kind of open those, those doors, um, uh, and there's so many in GoBundance, uh, you, you, you had said so many things I wanted to, to comment on, but, um, you had said, uh, uh, something along the lines of, you know, you are a have not, and now, you know, you're, you're not raising a child that's a have not, you're raising a child that's a have. How do you do that? Right. And uh, one guy was like, no, 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 no. It was a go-bunnance guy. He's like, no, I, I make sure I tell my sons all the time. No, no, no. Daddy's wealthy. You are not. You are very, very poor. <laughs> Daddy is. It's a great you. reminder. It's a great it's, reminder that yeah. between what's what, what's earned and what you have and what you don't. So If you want to be wealthy, I'm showing you and giving you the tools to do it. But daddy is wealthy. You are not young man. <laughs> you know, that's a fair, that's a really fair point because when we talk about going to the mall and going out to dinner, I'm sure he got this from my wife too. It's like, no, 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 no. I don't have money. Daddy has money. Daddy's going to take us out to dinner. <laughs> no, daddy has money. So daddy's taking himself out to dinner. Good yeah, luck, that's, guys. that's, yeah. that's the whole, that's the whole thing. Like getting them to understand, you know, and I, and I took them into the toy store and I'm, you know, I'm explaining to them, I'm like, you got your equivalent of $20. It's a hundred yeah. hay ice here in Brazil. You got your, you got your hundred hay ice and you can, you can earn 100% interest in one month's time. You give that to me right now. And then next month you'll have 200 hay ice in your pocket or you can go buy the toy. Yeah, I'm gonna go buy a toy. <laughs> the kids sit up. You gotta probably figure out a different way to, to get that message across. I'm sure there's more clever ways. Piece of paper, like a piece of paper. Had you not bought that toy that you don't remember, now you'd have you'd have these three hundred ice at this point. Yeah, like John Lithgow on the third rock from the sun. This pile represents the tip you could have earned. (laughs) 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 Exactly. That's funny. Yeah, I I try to do various different things with the kids. So I, I love getting ideas from other people on on how they're you know, involving the kids in the business or, you know, teaching them about money, especially, I mean, your, your, your son is almost the same age as my son, you know, eight and seven. So, um, you know, it's, it's fun to watch their brains work through those different things with money. And, you know, even with golf, you know, I, I've, I've set it up to where, okay, well, if you get, if you get a birdie, you get paid this much. If you get an eagle, you get paid this much. If you get, you know, 
And he's like, all right. So he got a par the other day. He's like, so I get a dollar for that par, right? I said, yeah, buddy, you get a dollar for the par. Um, you know, and only because you did it all by yourself, you know, this is so, mm-hmm. um, you know, you're doing things like working hard is going to help you out in life, right? I'm not just giving you a dollar because like, I don't give you a dollar. I don't give you any money for a bogey, right? That's, that's we're going for pars are better. Um, so, you know, working hard gets you a reward. So if you work hard and you make it happen, you get a reward. Um, and uh, that's the way business goes. That's the way life goes. Not always, right? We're always, you know, we're, we're, we're going to sure. miss that putt. We're going to, you know, one of our business ventures is going to fail. I mean, my very first apartment building was an absolute, I, I shouldn't say an absolute failure because I think over the three years we owned it, I think I made like 1% on my money combined total. So I did it, you know, not a complete failure. You know, I made, I made, I made a dollar or two, but golly, was it a pain in the butt? I had to work really hard to make sure that it didn't fall apart. I had to do everything. So, you know, we, and I've talked to my son about that, you know, that the, you know, how hard some of these things are. And, um, uh, I don't know. It's, it's, there's so many different things that I think about with the kids and what I want to do and how I want to work it. And then I try to, you know, I don't want to be that overbearing dad either. That is just, you know, um, you know, you picture it with like old sport, old movies, right. Where the, the dad is, you know, um, uh, like, let's look at, uh, the Friday night lights, right. Where the one dad is like, do you want this state state championship ring like I got? Blah, blah, blah. And like just like forcing his son to do whatever it was that make that made him feel better when he was a kid. And it's like, golly, I just don't want to do that. I want to catch myself before I get to that point, you know? Um, so it, it's it's a it's a hard balance to figure out again, staying introspective and figuring out what mistakes am I doing? What am I not doing? Yeah, it's uh it's a lot of fun. It's a game we play for sure. Yeah, it's 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 really important to talk about the importance of failure and and, and build that uh, entrepreneurial spirit of resilience, yeah. you know, and and having him understand the reason that we fall down is so we can learn to get up, yeah. and that these things are okay, and to try and to try again, and be encouraging uh, about him trying again, and you know that goes from you know riding a bike to to building the dinosaur. Uh, the skeleton dinosaur model that we built last night or, or reading a story to dad. A, a lot of times I think that boils down to, to me acting against my nature and being patient because I'm not naturally a patient man yeah. and, and sticking with it and, and, and being uh, consistent with my encouragement to him that, uh, you know, it's okay to, it's okay to fail and it's okay to try again. And, you know, and, and then even providing him opportunities because we, we had a, Hard time getting him introduced to soccer and, you know, he didn't want to do it because he wasn't very good with it with the other kids who have been, you know, this is Brazil. They've been playing since they were three, right? So he's, he's behind the eight ball trying to learn the sport. And, um, we, we got him involved with an after school program where they, you know, they have a coach and, and they have a bunch of kids and, and put them in a, in a situation where it wasn't, you know, dad trying to teach him, but like put him in an environment with other children where he could learn and, and, and showed him in that way, like introducing stuff to, to get him comfortable with, you know, being awkward in sport and not understanding how the sport works, but understanding that, you know, dad says there's an importance in sports and you need to learn how to function on a team and, you know, team, team efforts are, are really important and failing's okay. So long as you've tried and then you're okay with your level of trying. And, you know, again, he's seven. So we take it on the level that we can take it and kind of move yeah. on with the word. That's the, that's important that I'm not, you know, shaking my state championship ring in front of his, in front of his nose and tell him about how great it is and how he's never going to have it. And that kind of like negative reinforcement, but uh, it's, it's important. It's really important, you know, and, and even, you know, I got to say this too, 
the, the things that I'm teaching him, I'm, I'm repeating to myself and I have to kind of remind myself, mm, yeah, you should probably take your own advice yeah. on that one and not give up and not try. Yeah. And I, and I find myself kind of, you know, parroting lessons that I should be following. <laughs> We're at church the other day and, um, uh, sitting in like a, a small group type conversation and, um, I was talking to my wife and I was like, it's, it's like our kids walk around with a little mirror. Right. Um, and they, they like to show us what it is like, like they're doing something because we showed them how to do that. So like, if we're, we're not happy with something they're doing. They like to look at a mirror and then we like to look at that and go, crap, that's totally because I did this or that's because I did these things. Right. And they're just walking around right. with a little mirror that we get to see right. ourselves and why, oh, yeah. why you are a result mm-hmm. of me, young man. Mm-hmm. Like I am, I created this monster and now I have to deal with it. Right. Right. Um, like right. my, my, uh, Adam is a perfectionist. He wants like to be successful at everything the first time he does it. Um, and, uh, I can't imagine where he got that. From. Um, so, you know, it, it's difficult for him to not do well at something. Right. So, you know, one thing, uh, Sarah Blakely, I don't know if you know who she is. She's the inventor of Spanx, right? Um, uh, yes. so she just recently sold it if I recall correctly. But one thing that, that, uh, uh, my wife told me about, um, so I introduced my wife to Sarah on some, some podcast or some, something or other. Right. And then she went down a rabbit hole and started listening to other stuff. She came back. She goes, you know, one thing that he, she talked about that her dad every night at the dinner table would ask each of the kids, what did you fail at today? And they needed to explain what they tried and failed at and what they learned from that failure. And if they did not have a failure, then they were in trouble for not trying something new that day and not trying something mm. that, that was difficult. And I was like, golly, that is phenomenal, right? Because I don't necessarily talk about the, my failures with my kids, right? And I need to do that a little bit more. But now, so I'm, I'm trying and it's, it's that same thing you talked about before that exercise I've got to do it over and over again is, um, have those conversations. Um, like, Hey buddy, what did you fail at today? You know, let's, let's talk about it. Let's, let's celebrate what you failed at because that means you're trying something new. Um, yeah, and, and one, one day it was just as simple as, as you know, I, 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 I did not get a single good kick playing football today. And I was like, oh, well, why not? You know, like, that's, uh, that's awesome that you try. Like you said, not a single good kick. How many tries did you do? And then he'd tell me how many tries. Okay. Well, like, let's go out and practice. Like you're not going to get good at kicking yeah. until you go out and practice. Right. That's a great job. Mm-hmm. Now we learned that that's not the best way to do it. Let's try something else. You know, we learned we need to practice more. So, um, you know, I'm still trying to sharpen that tool. I don't, I don't do it very well and I don't, uh, I don't represent it very well. And I, I want to do that a little bit more. Like, what did you fail at today? Like even like I failed at starting this podcast on time, right? We were, we were late to start the podcast because I didn't manage my, my medical appointments properly. Right. So it's one of those things I, that that's, I need to do better at managing my calendar, buddy. This is one thing I failed at today. Sure. Um, you know, so it's, uh, I love that you mentioned the, the teaching them to fail well. And that's, that's something that, that mm-hmm. I really enjoyed. Uh, I'm really happy that my wife brought that up too, uh, you know, because she's, she's a perfectionist just like I am. So we would, you know, and we need that reminder, like, okay, it's okay to fail. You have to, it's okay to fail. It was was how I think it was that I was listening to where he's like, look, the only way to get good at something is to suck at it first. Like you cannot be really good at something unless you failed at it first. Like you got to be bad first. So teaching that to the right a hundred times to get it right once. Uh, Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, no joke. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. But resilience is a trait, you know, resilience is a trait in kids and and that stuff gets picked up early on. You know, so, so, so encouraging that, that from, from a young age is, is definitely a wonderful way to encourage the development of that trait. I just hope I, I do it well, right? <laughs> That's so difficult. Again, with self-awareness, 
again with self-awareness it's so much better i i I truly believe we're ahead of 95 percent of everybody if we're simply self-aware of the things that we're doing you're not wrong yeah for sure right so tell me uh the businesses that you're doing now tell me a little bit more about uh them because i know you got a couple different things going on um Mm -hmm. everything from coaching with the bootstrap millionaires to uh the ci stuff so tell me a little bit about those businesses and what what you're doing over there yeah, so so I'm pursuing a passion with my Bootstrap Millionaire projects and um, trying to you know uh, create a am creating a system and you know in the process of uh, publishing a, a book that I wrote and and, and developing a, a an academy uh, a university if you will for online resources for uh, entrepreneurs who want to bootstrap their businesses and you know setting up an appropriate my, my model. With, uh, you know, mindset and, uh, opportunity and, um, conversion of a person's skills and assets into a business, uh, and, and, and then growing that business. Um, I wasn't provide, I didn't have a formal business education. So all the things that I've learned about business have been through, you know, the rooms of entrepreneurs organization or, you know, organizations like Go Abundance. And, you know, I picked it up along the way. So codifying, distributing that information. That's important to me. Uh, I have another practice with, uh, applied behavioral psychology where I'm uh, utilizing applied behavioral psychology with uh, established businesses to, to, to really hone in on, you know, what their, what their business problems are and then, you know, resolving them with the, with the right kind of people and structures within the business. Um, again, a lot of fun for me because I get to work with entrepreneurs and, and work with the uh, business owners and decision makers who are responsible for, uh, profit loss. In, in organizations to, to, to fix problems and, and become uh, more successful than they already are. And then uh, here in Brazil, I, I uh, partnered with uh, a couple locally and uh, we have a real estate uh, development company and we're, um, you know, buying land and uh, building single family homes uh, on spec for sale. Um, in addition to that, there's, you know, two other, two other businesses here in the pipeline. Uh, a couple of friends and I, uh, they are. Just in case. case that's not enough. Case that's not enough. Yep. Um, I got a couple who were, uh, we're, we're, we're spinning up a, a car rental business. And then I'm looking at the acquisition of a, a high end hair salon here. And, uh, where I live outside of Sao Paulo and never on Preto. And so there's a, I kind of view it as, um, since I've got, uh, you know, two countries and two residences that I have, I essentially have two PLs and I, and I yeah. want to have the, to be self sustaining on both sides so that I can yeah. keep assets in both countries and, and, and have that managed appropriately. And, uh, you know, as, as I mentioned before, as being a person who's not incredibly patient, I like to have a lot of balls in the air. It's, uh, you know, like the juggling moving back yeah. and forth on, on all the different stuff. So I live, uh, I live here in Brazil most, uh, most of the time. So I'll be here for, you know, five weeks this time and I'll be returning to the States on April 10th and we'll be there for a couple of weeks and we'll handle uh, a couple of client matters and uh, a few, few, uh, trainings and uh, psychological workshops that I was talking about. And, yeah. and, and my wife, my wife just got her approval on her N400. So she's going to be taking her citizenship examination and becoming, uh, God willing and studying <laughs> for becoming a citizen of the United States. And oh. I'm sure that's going to go great. And we'll be able to celebrate that with, uh, with her in Orlando. That's Bikes awesome. going to Disney. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because we're there. What? Uh, you know? Tremendous. Always. That's awesome. She loves the mouse. What can I say? She loves That's the mouse. Awesome. The house of mouse. And you've got a ridiculous Airbnb down there uh, by yeah. uh, in Orlando. So yeah. 
If anybody's yeah. looking for a house of mouse place to stay, they can reach out to yeah. you for that. To tell yeah, you we got a crazy seven bedroom, six bathroom in Champions Gate, right up right outside the resorts and, and, and another one coming online here in Windsor Isle. Um that home should be done in a couple of months. That's a ten bedroom, eight bathroom that's gonna be up and running. So Is it gonna be as insane uh, as the uh, uh, couple- the first one? It, the intention, the intention would be overly insane, just just okay. the same as the first one. So we'll put a little link in the podcast there, out for everybody, yes. so they can see. For sure, get Miles' house. Send it over to me, and we'll get it. Uh, we'll get it put in the show Indeed. notes, as they say. I mean, I don't know what show Indeed. notes are yet because this is the beginning of the podcast. But we're going to make show notes. I'm told <laughs> we're going to get gonna it. Put we're going to get it in there. We're gonna At the get time it, of this yeah, recording, one, one of honestly, I still don't even have a name for my podcast. So there's going to be a name before it gets published, but I There'll still don't have a name for this. There'll be a link in there too, you know, to the There'll mouse house or the bootstrapmillionaires.com. Bootstrapmillionaires.com. Yeah. There you go. Bootstrapmillionaires.com. But I love that passion though, because you're, you, you saw what it took on your side and now you're like, okay, well, I want to give back to other people. And, you know, and, and you've, mm-hmm. that's been kind of a consistent thing throughout this entire conversation I've had with you is, um, that involvement with other people and bringing people along with you and showing people how it's done. And, um, I mean, exactly. it's, uh, uh it, there are plenty of people out there who would love to do this and didn't know that it was possible. Right. And when, sure. when they see, when they hear a story like yours and they see something happen like that, and then they realize, wow, that person did it. And they're teaching people how to do it. This is amazing. Like they're purpose. showing other people how to do it. There's some purpose there. There's purpose and community. Golly, it's yeah. lovely purpose and community. I freaking love it. Um, but all right. Was there anything that you would like to cover before uh, before we wrap up? Anything that I missed? Anything you want to talk about? Um, you know, we've we've got time, so whatever. Oh yeah, no, tremendous. Um, it's 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 really been. I I really appreciate you having me on the show. Uh, it's it's a tremendous to be to be a part of uh, uh the podcast and to be um, if not the first guest, then the best guest so far. It's there really, you go. I thank you for that opportunity. Um, I'll, obviously, I'm quite humble. Um, I have uh-huh. an award for it, a trophy back here somewhere yep. that you might be able to see for my that humility. You yourself, probably that I built myself. <laughs> I awarded myself for my humility. Um, no, it's 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 really great to to, to be able to talk about the background and, and to be able to talk about um, my experiences with um, with being a father and and how important and in fact impactful that has been in my life. And then it, there were some really great reminders today on how the lessons that I've learned in fatherhood and in my family have reflected into into my business and, and into my behavior and my personality and how I carry myself in this world and it's really been uh quite a journey to look back on how far we've come uh my family in 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 the last in the last few years and uh you know very 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 blessed very very blessed to have that opportunity and and be able to speak here today so thank you for that opportunity and for those wonderful reminders no, and my notes that I wrote down on on what I can do with my son to help him develop better <laughs> awesome awesome well hopefully uh, i'm sure some other people wrote some notes as well i really appreciate you taking the time your story is awesome um i love watching dads who are involved um yeah uh, my pleasure thank you want to want to do this stuff and want to make an impact a positive impact in their families' lives and uh, other people's lives so it's it's awesome to watch i'm very happy that uh, our paths crossed and that we're now in a uh, accountability pod together so indeed um, uh, greatly appreciate it next week i mean you said april 10th uh That'll be two weeks before our third kiddo is due, so we'll kind of see how that goes. If okay. we're here, if we could find some time to get together, that'd be awesome. That um, will absolutely happen. We'll be we'll be out that way, and we'll be in in, in the Tampa area, and uh, come out and uh, knock on your door, providing you're not in the hospital or recently returned. 
Yeah, well, if we are in the hospital, you can still knock on the door. Just come in, clean the house up, get some food ready, get it sure. all set up for me. Yeah, we'll absolutely. I'll totally hire a I'll hire a cleaning lady and a cooking lady for you to help you out. No problem. There we go. That's what I'm glad. I'd be glad. Who not how? Who not how? Yeah, that's right. That's right. All right, brother. Well, thank you so much again for uh, for jumping on. It was awesome to uh, hang out and mm-hmm. get to know a little much bit of story. Looking forward you, to uh, our next conversation, brother. I'm glad to do it. I'm here for you. Good well, talking with you, my reach friend. Out thank to you. Dave, uh, reach out to Dave if he's going to be. I'm positive he'll be able to help you if you're at all interested in being an entrepreneur or getting a little bit stronger. I'm sure that uh, Dave will be able to help you out. So um, all of his uh, links will be in the, in the show notes, and we'll uh, talk to you guys on the next one. Thank you all. Much appreciated. Later, bro. Thank you so much for listening to the Biz Dad Podcast. We hope you found some value in your time here with us, and we look forward to bringing you the next episode. If you've enjoyed today's show, please subscribe and share so you and your friends won't miss our upcoming episodes. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Rumble, where we continue these discussions and share more valuable content. Be the dad you know you need to be and run your business in a way you're proud to share with your kids. Keep crushing it.